Blog Talk Radio. Hi, this is Russ Terry, founder and CEO of Life Coach Radio Network. Today's sponsor is Audible.com, a leading provider of spoken audio entertainment and information. Listen to audiobooks whenever and wherever you want. Get a free audiobook when you sign up for a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash Coach Radio. That's audibletrial.com slash Life Coach Radio. And now, here's today's show. Hello and welcome. You're listening to Mark My Words here on the Life Coach Radio Network. I'm Mark Shaw, broadcasting live from New York City, and I'm a certified life and business coach, and twice per month I host Mark My Words, which is a life coaching-oriented show where I interview various people with inspiring life stories of overcoming adversity. I also speak with authors of great coaching-related books and programs, as well as many others who have really great things to say. And sometimes, as I'll be doing tonight, I coach listeners who call in live on the air. So tune in the first and third Sunday of every month. And tonight is another live coaching hour, and the number to call in if you'd like to be coached about something you're challenged by or stuck in in your life is 646-716-9397. And uh, we've already got some callers in the queue, but uh, first, before we start, I just want to tell, uh, everybody that knows me knows that I love telling fun stories, and I'm particularly sensitive to uh, particularly poor or particularly good customer service. And I just had an amazing customer service experience um, that I want to share about that was just the most unbelievable ever, actually. So um, I use for my small business, for my coaching business, uh, my accounting, I use FreshBooks, which is all online. It's a cloud-based accounting system for small businesses. Um, and I absolutely love it. It's really, really amazing software. They're doing a new uh, a launch of, of uh, some new features and a whole new uh, overhaul of it in the summer, and they've told all their current users and members, if you have any suggestions, let us know. So I was doing my taxes, and I was cleaning up all my expenses and all that, so I, spend, I spent hours and hours in the software and became acutely aware of some things that would make it so much easier that I never quite noticed before because I'm only in it for a minute at a time. So I... Um, sent FreshBooks customer support an email uh, with those two suggestions that I had had. And I also said, and by the way, I love FreshBooks. And uh, just want to thank you. Great job. You guys are awesome. Uh, One of the things I really like about them, by the way, is that when you call them for support, a live person answers the phone, and that's the person that helps you. None of it's being transferred and pushing this and that for this and that. So I got a lovely response from a customer service agent named Paula, and uh, she thanked me for the, um, the suggestions. And then she said, and keep an eye out in the mail for a delivery of a little bit of love from us here in Toronto at FreshBooks. So totally as a joke, I sent an email back that said, I prefer long stem ones, please, and read. So she says, you got it. And lo and behold, the next day, 1-800-Flowers delivers a bouquet of 22 long-stemmed roses from FreshBooks. 
I have never, ever experienced anything like that before in my life, and I just thought it was so amazing. So I've had this wonderful email exchange uh, going back and forth with, uh, with Paula uh, just about how awesome that has been. So I wanted to give them a really great shout-out here because uh, I know a lot of you guys are – a lot of my listeners out there are, are entrepreneurs with their own businesses. And, and actually there is somebody dialing in. <laughs> it looks like it's coming in from a Canada area code. I would not be surprised if that's Paula. And hello, thanks for calling um, Mark My Words. Um, hi, Mark. This is Paula from Freshworks. <laughs> you actually called. This is so bizarre and so amazing. Thank How you. are you? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for this amazing shout-out. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I love Freshbooks. I guess, you know, I just kind of told everybody uh, what it is and how it operates and, and how awesome it is. But uh, uh, you guys are an amazing company. I do a lot of business coaching and training, leadership training, customer service training as a coach as well, which is why I'm sensitive to those things. And you guys are really, you just do everything right. Right on. I'm so glad to hear that. I would say that, honestly, customer support is we think is the core of FreshBooks, which is why we put so much effort into it and are always looking to, you know, provide people with the best possible experience. So do you send everybody roses or was I special? You were extra <laughs> special. I would say you were my first and only dozen of roses. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's great. So uh, so cool. Well, you know what? Take a moment. Give, give us a FreshBooks pitch. What do you want people to know about FreshBooks? A FreshBooks pitch. Um, I would say the most important thing about FreshBooks is that it was really made for the small business owner. Um, you know, people who are busy trying to run a business on their own and don't have the time to, like, chase down a customer for a payment or worry about receipts from seven months ago. Um, it was really made to keep your numbers like as simple as possible. People that don't know anything about accounting and don't want to know, just don't want to put the time, are really just busy trying to run their business. Um, you're able to log into your account anywhere, on a computer, on a mobile app, um, and it's a really easy way of sending out invoices or tracking your work hours, logging those expenses on the go. From your client's perspective, yeah. it's pretty simple. They just get an email in their inbox with a link. You get a payment. Pretty smooth. Um, another thing we feel that the world doesn't really cater to small business owners. Like everything is just mm -hmm. a little bit more difficult when you're trying to like hustle out there and make it on your own. Um, yeah. We just wanted something to keep things like as simple as possible. And, and you've been a user for many years. Um, do you feel that this works well? Absolutely, absolutely, it's great. I, at QuickBooks and Quicken, I've used, and uh, this is this is just so much simpler um, and much more streamlined. And uh, and I'm not good with accounting and that kind of stuff. So the easier it is for me, the better. Um, and that's why I've loved it so much. So uh, so absolutely. I mean, so yeah. Well, thank you, thank you, and thanks so much for calling in and saying hi. That's so awesome. And uh, I want to come visit you guys when I'm when I'm in Toronto. I go to Toronto to teach some coach trainings, so uh, I want to come to your office and visit. Can I do that? Yes, absolutely. We would love a visit. Um, I can stop <laughs> cool. by honestly at any moment. Very cool. Very cool. Well, I'll send you an email and uh, we'll work that out. So. So thank you so much again. The flowers were beautiful. Of course, they're gone by now, but they were <laughs> absolutely beautiful. They, they made my apartment look so wonderful for those, for those few days. So uh, thank you for that. You're awesome. That is awesome, Mark. Thank you so much for sending us all this love. It means the world to us. 
Uh, well, you're very welcome, and uh, give my regards to the entire FreshBooks team for awesome customer support and an awesome product. Will do. Will do. Thank you so much. Okay, Paula. Take care. Thanks again for calling in. Take care, Mike. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye-bye. Okay, pretty awesome. Yeah, so freshbooks.com if you want to check those guys out. I just, uh, I'm really just totally so excited about them that I just gave them this free like several minute commercial. <laughs> and uh, well, well worth it. Well worth it. So, um, so great. So uh, let's go ahead and get into our show for this evening. Um, so we have our first caller on the line ready to be uh, ready to be coached, and that is Laura from Los Angeles. Hi, Laura. Welcome, and uh, thank you for calling in to Mark My Words. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, you're very welcome. You're very welcome. So tell me what's going on. What? Uh, how can we change your life tonight? <laughs> <laughs> well, I am uh, 32, and I um, I started a career in startups uh, about four years ago. I am the marketing mm-hmm. director of a startup. Um, and the past, you know, six months or so, I've been trying to think that I'd love to work at something that I'm more passionate about. Um, mm-hmm. The part of my job that interests me most is um, I've been able to start working across teams and, like, helping, empowering other people to work better. Um, but mm-hmm. I'd love to work at something that I think, you know, does has more of an impact in the world. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm having a hard time figuring out, what that is and connecting it to a career. Gotcha. Okay. So it sounds like you, you know, you at least enjoy your job to a, a, a notable degree. It's just not in something that you're really, really passionate about and wanting to make the kind of difference that you make, that you want to make. Exactly. Um, um, okay. So tell me, tell me a little bit about what, how, how did you get into what you're doing now? Uh, so I used to be an actor uh, for most of my life. That's what I studied. That's what I did. Um, and I moved to L.A. to do that. And mm-hmm. I lasted about a year and a half in L.A., and I wasn't getting a lot of work, and I wasn't feeling fulfilled. Um, so I started just sort of grasping in any direction. I applied to an MSW program. I, um, I And then a friend of mine, and I was applying for, like, social media work, and a friend of mine got me a job at this, startup um like a very part-time and I got to know them and they raised some money and they gave me a full-time job and taught me everything they knew Um, gotcha so you kind of an opportunity came along you needed a job you took it and it worked out and it's been good enough yeah Mm -hmm. yeah okay great so so tell me a little bit when you say um wanting to do something that's that you could be more passionate about and it makes the kind of difference in the world uh, that you want to make. Tell me a little bit about that. What, what are you passionate about? So a lot of my, like, go-to of things that I tell you I'm passionate about are all sort of related to the entertainment industry. Like, I love theater. I love comedy. Um, and then one of the other things I do, like every year I like volunteer with special needs kids and I help teach like theater and yoga, uh, at a camp in the South. And those are, those are the things that I would say I go to. Those are things I really love. Um, mm-hmm. I also, I love like bringing people together just in general in my life. Um, mm-hmm. and, um, what else do I love? 
So yeah, those uh, and I tend to sort of be the friend that people go to as like to talk through their what's going on and so forth. Uh huh. Uh huh. Okay. So at my job, what I, I the part that I like most is like empowering or you know, and I'm trying to figure out the best way to do this, but like empowering other people. And I sort of set that as a goal, and then they kind of offered me to transition into more of like a team leadership role, like working across departments and getting them to work better together. Mm-hmm. So they're pretty responsive. They're somewhat responsive anyway to, to your needs, and, want, and they, they seem to want to keep you happy. I didn't even voice it to them. It just kind of happened because I started oh, really? doing it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. Well, you know, that's the way it works, right? You put something out into the universe, and it's, it says – Okay, let's see what we can do. And it kind of delivers it in some unexpected ways, doesn't it? Totally. What, um, so what did you, when you were a kid, what did you always say you wanted to be when you grew up? I mean, I always wanted to be an actor since I was a little kid. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember ever saying anything else. Oh, really? Yeah. So it must pretty discouraging then when that didn't work out for you. Yeah. Um, what what was it about becoming an actor that was so enticing for you? You know, I, as I think as a kid, it was like attention and sort of validation. But I I really loved performing. Uh, it was just like a expression outlet for me, and then I just loved being around the people um, that were like constantly creating things, and that was really fun for me to be around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the theme I'm hearing is people. You keep saying the word people, so you really seem to like being around people, getting people together, seeing people create stuff, empowering people. I do, yeah. That sounds accurate. Yeah, great, great. Um, I'm curious, this is a question that I love to ask people when I'm doing career exploration with them. Um, In addition to what did you always wanted to be when you grew up, what did you always get in trouble for the most when you grew up? When you were when you were a kid, I mean, um, I was both rude <laughs> and a little like too blunt. I was uh-huh. like really blunt. Like a, I was kind of obnoxious, and then like b, like I, you could always sort of count on me to you know tell you like it is without any regard for like fact or like circumstance or any of those. Uh-huh. Um, so you like to boss people and, around and tell them what to do. <laughs> I. I remember I, like, flipped off my lunch lady when she, like, made my friend cry, which was not very nice of me, but I, I don't know. I was a little bit of a um, that type of kid. Uh-huh. Sure. Um, interesting. It, it's just funny. The reason I always ask that question is because sometimes there's, there's, there's clues, there's little vestiges of who you're meant to be. Uh, in the little stories about the things that you got in trouble for when you were little. So, like, for example, I got in trouble for talking too much. Now I make my living <laughs> talking, <laughs> you know. Um, so it's, you know, it's funny. Uh, and since most coaching is done by phone, what's funny about that is that uh, when I was a kid, I uh, was always on a phone. And uh, we eventually got a second phone line in the house because my mother couldn't get any calls. This was before <laughs> the days of call waiting. You know, you didn't have call waiting and stuff back then. So I had my own phone. I was constantly on it, and that was such a, a talking point about marking the phone, marking the phone. I spend my life now in front of the room talking or on the <laughs> phone talking. It's really funny. So I actually also interviewed another guest some time ago who uh, he has ADD, and he got in trouble uh, all the time. 
uh, as a kid, he'd play practical jokes on people that would then go awry, like his cousin got a new Trans Am, and he drove it around the block to hide it. And he was only 16, didn't have a license, drove it around the block to hide it from him so he would think it was stolen, and totaled it in the process. And this is like the kind of thing that he always got in trouble for. Guess what he does now for a living? He's a cop in the Washington, D.C. area. <laughs> so... That's why I like to ask that question, just in case there's any vestiges of, uh, some, you know, some clues there um, as to, you know, what the kinds of things are that, that light you up. Um, if you could design the perfect job for yourself and the title, the industry, and all of that, just completely make it up and choose whatever you wanted, what do you think that would be? Um, I think... Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay, good. Um, I think uh, title, uh, okay, industry. Let's hear industry. Um, I think it would be like somewhere, yeah, like twofold. Like one would be like in like the theater industry and the other would be like somewhere like in like a foundation that does, like the Gates Foundation that does like crazy amounts of awesome work. Um, and what I would want, to do would be like I'd want to have an awesome team that I like coach and like facilitate like their like I, I like I like being the person that like brings everything together if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that's another phrase you've used a couple of times: bringing things together, bringing everything together, bringing people together. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. this is true. Um, and I got to, like, put together, like, a Broadway benefit type of fundraiser last spring, and that was really awesome. I love that. You know, uh-huh. it raised money for something. I got, like, a bunch of talented people together, um, and, that, and, and so that, that to me was – and it went off really well. So that to me was really fun. Um, mm-hmm. But when I think about, like, events, I, I think of something else. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think of sort of like a nightmarish type of stress. <laughs> um, you, when, when you think of planning events, you, you, you don't associate the joy with it. You associate the headaches. Is that what you're saying? Well, yeah. Like, I love doing it for, like, my friends, and I love doing that. But when I think of what I think the event industry is. Um, ah, gotcha. And maybe it's just, like, preconceived notions of that. Um, yeah, so I'm curious about that. Yeah, because you might be getting in your own way there, just simply by having a uh, a limiting belief about what that kind of world is like. Um, where does that come from? Um, where does that come from? I worked in PR like very shortly for like one year, and like the PR sort of atmosphere was like a little like I don't know, like snobby and just like a different type of feel. Um, and again, mm-hmm. that's like a preconceived notion of sh- I'm sure what my, was my experience. Um, I don't know. Just, I don't know where that notion came from. Just the idea of like having to get thousands of people together and like have, like I love when I'm able to make things like special for people. And so okay. the idea of sort of just fully the logistics and none of those like special touches is not, uh-huh. um, something that excites me. Right. 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 Um, interesting. You know, for some reason, 
sometimes I'm, I, my intuition just starts going crazy, so I just kind of blurt things out that seem to be showing up for me that may or may not seem relevant or make sense to you. So right now, for some reason, I'm visualizing in my mind a wedding planner. <laughs> what is that? How does that well, resonate I, I just, with you? I just finished planning my wedding, so that's probably oh, right. really? <laughs> Yeah. Wow. And I, wow. Um, so that's probably why. Interesting. Um, so what was that experience like for you, planning planning the wedding? Of course, it's always different when it's your own than it's with somebody else's, but um, well, what was it like I had for a wedding plan. I had a wedding planner, which I loved, because I could just be like, here are all the special things I want to make happen, and you (laughs) make the other things happen. Um, Mm -hmm. So it was, for the most part, it was really fun. And then towards towards the end, it was a little stressful. But um, for the most part, I, you know, I enjoy being obsessive over it. But I'm also Mm -hmm. kind of happy not to to have that thing over to obsess over anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So, So you just got married then? I did. Very well, congratulations. Thank you. And they say if you can survive the wedding, you can survive the marriage. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the wedding went pretty well, so we're lucky. (laughs) Well, there you go. Great, great. So, yeah, you know, it's interesting. I'm hearing now it's beyond what's sort of coming through for me is, is something a little bit beyond just getting people together and planning events. There's something special to it that, that, that I'm hearing now, and it's really about creating memorable moments for people that last. I do like that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about that. Um, I think when, like, people are able to, like, be in a room together and like connect over something or feel like a couple of, like they're able to connect without, I like connecting people that like, I'm like, Oh, you, you need to talk to this person. And then they connect and they're like, Oh my God, you know, he does so-and-so and I've been thinking about this and this. Um, and then I just like the aspect of people like on an event level, like people feel like they're taken care of and people feel mm-hmm. like they got like a special experience. Like everything mm-hmm. is kind of like chosen and, they feel like loved and then that creates this atmosphere where you know um, people can connect with each other because they feel I don't know it feels like they're in a special space so they Mm -hmm. can have um, they can have a conversation or an interaction that's like uh, outside of the everyday you know sure sure what's um curious about Like a, a, I'm sorry, no, I'm me, all over the place. By the way, <laughs> I'm, huh? like, I'm sorry. I'm like I don't have a you know I'm not as super clear. So that's oh no no my call. So no, you're fine. You're fine. I mean, you know we're we're not going to answer the you know the question of what's the ideal career for you uh, in this conversation anyway. But my goal is to just kind of explore a couple of things, poke around, and even if you just get a little, bit, a little bit of an aha moment here or there or connect something that you hadn't connected before, that's really yeah. the goal. So it's, uh, now just be on a stream of consciousness. Let, let, your, let your mind go where it goes, and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll pull it together. So um, think about a time when you were in a situation that was really extraordinarily warm and fuzzy and memorable. 
like, wow, this was special. I want to remember it forever. I mean, my wedding. <laughs> really? Okay. For sure. And what made it so memorable? What made it so special? Other than the fact that it was your wedding. I mean, of course, that's going to be special. But what made it particularly special for you? Um, it was a bunch of people I loved together, and I got to, like, really pick out all the details. I'd be like, I want this wine, and I want these drinks, and this food, and, like, this flower. You know what I mean? Like, um, mm-hmm. I was able to take something that, uh, you know, can be sort of standard and what, you know, it was a wedding, you know, whatever. <laughs> but like, and, uh-huh. um, I, but the moments too, like my, you know, people spoke and people like, it's just a time for people to like show you that they love you and for you to do the same. And, um, and yeah, having a bunch of people sort of excited for your, your happiness, I think is, mm-hmm. Is the point that, like, you're like, I'm really happy. I found someone, and now I get to, like, celebrate that with everyone. And everyone around me is really happy for me. And, like, there are very few times in life where I think we, like, stop and do that, right? You know, if right. I was born, <laughs> like, sure. um, maybe a big birthday, but, mm-hmm. or, like, a retirement yeah. party. Sure. Yeah, those special sort of uh, milestones uh, in life. And it sounds like gratitude is a value of yours. For sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I'm hearing because you're talking about experiences that you really feel gratitude for and with and in and sharing that with others and wanting to share in their gratitude and, you know, and all the, the, the happy moments in life. Um, you know, <laughs> I, I, I feel like a little bit of a Hallmark card right now. But that's, you know, yeah. that's, but that sounds like that's really where – where you're most lit up, it's it's creating and sharing valuable memories or moments with people. Um, and it sounds like even in your current job, part of what you like is when you're leading your team and you're getting them together cross-functionally and creating something from nothing, getting people to work together, and they're happy and they're joyful about the results they're getting, that's what lights you up too. And it sounds yeah, like very much the same so thing. Much- in my work is like, you know, it's startup, so it's, there's some dysfunction with organization and people tend to get jaded, right? And so we have a bunch of like smart, talented people who feel like, oh, there's no communication. There's no, you know what I mean? And so yeah. there's definitely an opportunity to say, how can we do this? How can, you know, if we're not going to have someone above do it, how can we make this work? Yep. Um, in a way that it's people funny, so, aren't, so, uh, you know, just constantly annoyed. Yeah, no, absolutely. And here, so here's something that's coming to my mind, too, that I'm wanting to ask you. I'm always hesitant to ask this question when it comes up, but it does come up for me from time to time when I hear certain things uh, in what somebody is saying. But have you, like, what thought have you given to possibly becoming a coach? Because some of what you're talking about, so much of what you're talking about, you know, is uh, a lot of what, you know, life coaches and, and business coaches do. How, how much has that come up for you as a possibility at all in the past? In the past, it's definitely come up. I thought about being, uh, you know, I've gone through this sort of what do I want to do type of thing before. <laughs> um, uh-huh. And in the past, I thought about being like a career coach or being like within like my college, like because I like working with artists and I went to art school. Um, uh-huh. And 
or, you know, I did apply to an MSW program, you know, maybe to be a therapist, but I didn't, I don't see myself as like a, a long-term traditional therapist. Mm-hmm. Um, I like much more sort of practical. I like, I like mentoring younger people. I, you know, mm-hmm. I'm 32, so yeah, I, I tend to like at each age, you know, I'll have someone who's about, you know, seven years younger than me, whether it's I'm their babysitter or like I'm, they're my intern or whatever it is. Um, mm-hmm. And I really sort of enjoy like teaching and empowering them and stuff. So mm-hmm. again, I, I guess like pre like logistics, preconceived logistics have gotten in my way from necessarily doing that. I'm like, I'm like, well, I remember our career coaches, and they were just like so at college, they were so overworked and like just had you fill out forms and tests and like didn't really have time to like do that one on one. And then, um, you know, as, as far as like a a coach coach in another area, I'm like, oh, you got to build that from scratch, and that's uh, difficult and can I really coach someone in a career before I've had you know my successful career or um, yeah and those are thought. you know those are what's funny about that there is no chuckling is that those are such common and normal thoughts for even people that do become coaches to have when they're first seeking it out and first beginning their training which I certainly know is a you know, as an instructor at a coach training school myself, I mean, I deal with that all the time with students. So I, I can certainly assure you that's a common, uh, it's a common thing. And, uh, it, it, you know, one of the things that I'm hearing is that you, you use the word preconceived notions uh, a couple of times, um, is that you have an awareness about yourself, which is really awesome, that you kind of go into things with a preconceived idea that then stops you from going into it any further. Yeah. How accurate is that? It's accurate. It's like I wish I could sort of explore this without having it be tied to like what career does that function in and how does that make money and how much school is that and so forth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I wonder what it would be like for you to actually explore it without the attachment to could it work for you. Uh kind of put that piece back into the puzzle later after you've seen more possibility in it. Because I get the, I, I, I get the sense, Laura, that you, you prevent yourself from seeing some possibility in your life because you start analyzing it, overanalyzing it, and convincing yourself that it's not really viable before you even really know if it's viable or not. Right. Right. Is that... Is that totally, because my next response is like, well, how could I tell if it's viable? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, right, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's just hard to get out of your head there, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, the question I want to ask you next then is, where else in your life does that show up, that pattern of kind of convincing yourself, forget it, before you even get started? Um, I think... Um, I'm glad it didn't come up with the wedding. That's good. <laughs> no, no. Uh, I, I think you know earlier in my relationship, um, you know, I was with someone who wasn't like, "Yay, marriage!" You know, <laughs> parents mm-hmm. divorced a couple of times and so forth. And I was mm-hmm. like, "Well, that's not going to work. I'm sure you know we'll have a discussion and then we'll have to break up." You know, right? And, um, 
So just, I think I'd come at it, or I think I'd unknowingly come out at relationships or even, like, you know, acting or whatever it was as, like, I'm going to try this, but I'm sure it won't work out because things don't work out, right? Um, right. I didn't, so... Um, I've lost my train of thought. Um, about the pattern um, of, um, of oh. uh, like, sort of determining that something's not not going to work out before you even embark on it. Um, yeah, I guess I haven't seen myself, like, not fully – I got to think about that because I've done a lot of like embarking on things for a bit and then being like, it's not going to work out Um, Uh in terms of not starting at all. um, Like, I think like I'm looking at, I've been trying, I'm like, well, if I want to do good in the world, I should start volunteering. Right. And so I'm looking at this like mentor uh, like underprivileged high schoolers who are like getting ready for college. And I'm looking mm-hmm. at it, I'm like, all right, this is three hours a week for like three years or whatever it is. And I'm like, and I'm going to be impacting one person. Should I be looking at like how I can be impacting more people than one person? And like, well, I'll never really be able to get a job in that type of sector because I don't have like, I've never been on the board of a nonprofit or like I, um, You know, so many other Mm -hmm. people are much more, have done much more, like, accomplishments than I have. Um, Yeah, see, so you know what's interesting? This is fascinating because this is one of the things that, I mean, so many of us do this, exactly what you're talking about. And one of the things that when I'm working with my clients, I like to try to encourage them to do is to change those yeah buts that show up, change those to questions of how-tos. So instead of, well, yeah, but um, – or, or what would it be like if, right? So instead of, yeah, but should I be, you know, impacting more than one person and blah, 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 to turn that into, gee, what would it be like if I was able to do this for a whole bunch of people instead of just one? Is it, do you see the difference in that question? Rather than, yeah, but shouldn't I be doing this for more than one person? And then can I really do that in that number of hours and make it a viable? See how it's a beautiful, wonderful thing to want to do, but you shoot it down before even opening up the beautiful possibility that it could be. And I think that when sometimes when we get out of the practical how, when we let go of the how and just look at the what in more depth, the how shows up in ways that we can't even predict. And if it doesn't, we haven't really lost anything because it's not like go take a job and do it. It's just, you know, explore it. Like, gee, I haven't been on the board of a nonprofit. These people have. Gee, what would it take for me to get on the board of a nonprofit and get that experience and and explore the nonprofit world from that point of view? You see, it's about shifting from the yeah, but I'm not sure mentality to the, well, what if and how can I explore it and find out more mindset? What are your thoughts on that? I like that. You like that? I like that. Yeah. I'm writing it down, sorry. <laughs> Great. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah, you know, I, I mean, I've, also, I've often heard it said in terms of um, when, uh, who was president when we first went to the moon? It was Kennedy, right? Um, and, you know, he declared that during my presidency, we will put a man on the moon, right? Now, a lot of other presidents before him wanted to do that as well. What made a difference for him 
was he declared that it was going to be happen without having any clue yet how to do it. And what happened was all of the stuff came up around him from all the experts and people go, well, we, we can't do that. Well, why? Well, because we need you know, enough force in a rocket to be able to do X, Y, and Z, and we need enough fuel to be able to do this and bring it back. And coming into the atmosphere is, is, a, is a dangerous thing. Well, the entire set of problems to be solved to make it happen was then right on the table when those questions came up. Right? So rather than we can't because, it's, gee, I wonder how we can do it if. And we ended up putting a man on the moon. So sometimes when we actually ask, well, why can't that be? Or what if it was, we actually start to unintentionally, or automatically, I should say, create the blueprint for actually how to move forward um, just by looking at the and wondering the what's possible. So what do you see in that for you? I, you know, I see that it's like I'm much more... I see that I need to give myself like a little slack and be able to think about things that way. Mm-hmm. And that like it doesn't need to be like a clear-cut answer, I guess, when I'm like, oh, I could do this thing. But I'm like, but then I won't have room to do these other things that I might want to do. <laughs> right. Um, like um, I want to invest in real estate, you know, like. Mm-hmm. Um, so... I guess instead of seeing it as like, oh, well, committing to something might limit me, even though that's something that's towards what I'm saying I want to explore, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that definitely coming at it from, well, how could that be? Is, you know, it lets you think, it lets you get set outside of, it lets you think of, it lets you come up with ideas much more yes. easily of like, oh, well, this thing's there that I hadn't thought of, or I can just ask that person, you know? Yep, yep, absolutely. What it does is it helps your creative process to just keep asking, well, what if, and, you know, what if that were possible, and what would it be like, and just sort of yes-anding everything instead of yeah-butting everything, just change all the buts to an end. Your creative juices start flowing, and then you you figure out the house you know, from the creative part, or you at least sift through what's really important to you and what isn't. It's not a linear process, and a lot of times what people do, and it sounds like you might be doing this too, is you're trying to apply a linear process to making this decision, um, like it's a math problem. And it's not really a math problem. It's really a creative, it's a creative challenge. It's a creative problem. When I consult with businesses and stuff, I always tell them the same thing. Most business challenges are creative challenges. They're not, you know, left-brain numbers challenges. Um, and that's the thing with most, with most life's challenges. And we need to experience stuff. That's when we get most of our information. But if we don't jump into some things to get the experience, to then see where, we at, where we're at, we end up not moving at all. And then 10 years down the road, we're still in the same conversation. <laughs> right, because we're trying, I'm like, well, which non- type of nonprofit is the most? <laughs> yeah. Right, exactly. Like, it's like, don't put the car before the horse. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, it may help to not you know, put making a decision on hold for a year and instead have your goal be to just experience two different things a little more fully and see where they take you. Yeah. And then worry about a year later, then declare, okay, now I want to see how I can make this viable. Because I've seen miracles happen where people just, just 
things that they never expected to turn out from those experiences turn out, and most of the questions either get answered or dropped. They don't care anymore because more important stuff shows up. Right. So, all right. Yeah, I like that. Great. Thank you. So, you're very welcome. It was a pleasure. And uh, I, uh, I'm interested in how things develop for you, so certainly feel free to uh, – you know, keep me posted if you want uh, through Facebook, and uh, you know, keep me posted on how it all goes for you. I will. Thank you. All right, Laura. Well, very good. Thank you so much for calling in tonight and uh, for being a Mark My Words listener. And have a great night. Thank you. Bye. 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 Okay. So sometimes it just takes a little bit for us to get out of our own way, explore things more deeply before asking the how. Uh, rather than stopping ourselves before asking the how, uh, through stopping ourselves by asking how and never getting to see what's on the other side. So, great. The number to call if you'd like to talk to us live here on Mark My Words is 646-716-9397. And uh, we're going to take a short break while I announce some great stuff that's available to you as a Mark My Words listener from our sponsor, audible.com. Mark My Words is happy to be sponsored by Audible.com. And Audible.com is a leading provider of spoken digital audio entertainment and information. They have more than 150,000 titles to choose from. And you can listen to them on any device, including whatever you're hearing us on right now. As you sign up at our URL, which is audibletrial.com slash lifecoachradio, you get one free audiobook and a one-month trial of the service. That's audibletrial.com slash lifecoachradio. And there's some great titles that relate directly to tonight's topics, actually, that are available on Audible. Here are some. Um, So, The Angel Inside, Michelangelo's Secrets for Following Your Passion and Finding the Work that You Love. Uh, Whether you're looking for a way to reinvigorate your career or searching for the courage to begin a new one, The Angel Inside is a must-read if you want to find true meaning in your life and your work. And then the other one is The Thin Woman's Brain, Rewiring the Brain for Permanent Weight Loss. This book explains a significant body of science which finally reveals the differences between the brains of thin and overweight women. It details the alterations in the brain that occur from years of overeating and dieting and how to reverse them. So those are two books, again, available on audible.com, which is our sponsor of the Mark My Words radio show. So, uh, again, the number to call in is 646-716-9397. And we have another caller on the line, and we have Stacy from New York. Stacy, thank you for calling Mark My Words. Hi, Mark. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm very well. Great. Good. Well, thanks for calling in. And uh, what are we, we going to attempt to give you some insight and help with this evening? So I'm struggling with um, I'm struggling with my weight, uh-huh. um, and it's not maybe the it's not my first time struggling with my weight. <laughs> um, I it actually, ain't my first uh, time at the rodeo. <laughs> no, it's not. Sadly, uh, I've always had issues with my weight since I was a little kid, and honestly, it's it was for me the thing that 
that really dogged me well into adulthood until about four years ago when I had uh, a couple of medical insights and kind of kind of all came together for me, and I ended up losing um, about 75 pounds over over two and a half years or so. Wow. And I really fell in love with fitness, and, you know, I, I, I honestly was – I couldn't believe, like, I ever lived that other way. Mm-hmm. Um, but my challenge is that I am seeing the weight sort of creep back on, and I feel like I am watching it happen, and I'm not really sure why I'm not able to – put the stops to it because all my tricks from, you know, losing the weight before, I don't know, they're not connecting with me the same way they did. And I'm not really sure why, um, you know, I've, I've had some, some, uh, changes, you know, to my job and, and that's created probably a ripple effect for a lot of other things that have changed about my life. Um, mm-hmm. So I feel like it's sort of all balled up, probably all together, but I I cannot figure it out. Mm, okay. So first of all, congratulations on the seventy-five pound weight loss. That is really an amazing, amazing accomplishment. Um, how did that feel? Oh, oh my God, it was it was amazing. I mean, I I don't think I would have changed my job if I hadn't lost uh, the weight. I, I don't think I would have had. I mean, it gave me. Um, confidence in areas that I probably, well, I was secretly not confident in. Um, I, always, I think I, for the most part, came across in life as a very competent and know-what-I'm-doing kind of person. But there were there were things that I just avoided doing because I just, I, did, I really didn't feel as confident on the inside. So losing the weight mm-hmm. was, you know, I mean, I, I call myself an athlete. You know, that's I never thought I'd call myself an athlete. Wow. Um, I never, you know, I wouldn't even say the word athlete next to my name, you know, because mm-hmm. surely that would be ridiculous, uh, given given the condition of my body. So, um, I mean, I've been able to embrace a whole bunch of new things, which has been really fun, and I can still do that. But I, I'm, I'm worried because I have, um, I've gained back like 20 pounds, and you know, I've been on that slippery slope before, mm-hmm. uh, and. I really want to make sure that I don't, you know, spin out of control. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> so you put so you put back twenty of the seventy five that you lost. Yeah. Okay. Um, how long ago did you lose the seventy five? Mm, it's been like it's been like four and a half years. Mm-hmm, okay. And when did it start creeping back up? Uh, it's, it's not been at a, it's been, let's see, it's probably been like 15 since last summer and then five, you know, it, it's been mostly the last year or so, a little more than a year. Okay. Okay. What's changed for you in your life in, uh, at the, at that one year ago point? Well, it's, um, I mean, probably the big thing is my my change of career, uh, which uh-huh. I'm generally speaking very happy about, but it's, um, you know, I went from working in a predictable corporate environment, albeit miserable and draining and, <laughs> you know, <laughs> completely horrible in lots of other ways for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
you know, there's a certain pattern and predictability, and now I'm working for myself, and I, I have uh, three different business ventures, and, you know, they're all mine to deal with. So mm-hmm. I know that I think that's more – I think there's pressure there, certainly. Um, and I, I also have traditionally been the breadwinner for my family, and mm-hmm. – uh, you know, I ha- like I've been really flying without a net, no severance package, no anything like that, um, for a little more than a year. So mm-hmm. I kinda, I feel like it's sort of connected to that, you know, in in some way. Though my awa- you know, what I what I perceive as awareness of, you know, uh, something, it just doesn't seem to be enough to to make me halt the behaviors that I know are not helping my my issue with my weight. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah. So it sounds like it's um just as much if maybe not more stress than your previous job but a different kind of stress. Um am am I right about that? Um yeah, I mean I I feel like I feel like life is less stressful, but I think the um I I I guess I am worried about um I don't know. I think I've I've had my head a little bit in the sand about um, what it takes to get businesses up and performing to the level that would replace my old income, say. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, so it's not going as you expected in terms of how long it's going to take you to get up to that level. Yeah, I mean, I think I always knew that, and I don't think I I, – I, I just think I put it out of my head. <laughs> Honestly. Uh-huh, sure. Um sure. So well, they're attractive options, uh, so you kinda of went into perhaps a little bit of denial about it and moved forward anyway. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. and my and my my spouse is um uh he's going through some medical things and I really like I feel pre- I feel a little more pressure than I probably expected to be in the middle of because he really I really would like him to leave his job. And he can't really leave mm-hmm. his job till I'm doing more with my businesses. So right. I mean we we talk about this from time to time but I I I sort of feel like um given my history with weight uh I I know I I know I you know did what I did with my eating habits and things like that out of stress. I mean that was that's I know. I mean I I mm-hmm. may have a DNA predisposed for gaining weight but I I had a lot of stress as a kid and you know, I know that that was a coping mechanism, so I'm, I kind of feel like, well, that's probably what's, what's happening here. But somehow, even knowing that is not waking me up from the, mm-hmm. you know, I'm just not, I don't, I've lost that connection. Like when I was in the zone to really reshape my body, I mean, you couldn't put chocolate cake in front of me. And, and I w- you could put a whole cake in front of me and I would not touch it. Right. Right. And I've 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 like lost that um that mojo. You lost your mojo there. Yeah. yeah. Yep, yep. Which is very, very common, Stacey. It's very common. Um, you know, one of the bigger struggles next to losing weight is keeping weight off. Um, you know. And I don't remember there was a guy from the world's biggest loser who lost like two hundred and seventy pounds and then he like started putting it all back on again and they had to work with him again. Um, you know, it's it's a very common thing whether we lose two hundred pounds, seventy five pounds or twenty pounds yeah. to put it back on. You know. That my joke is, yeah, you know, you lose a couple of pounds and then what happens down the road, they come back and they bring friends with them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know. Um so it's a common struggle. 
So that's the first thing you want to know is that you're not alone. Uh, it's also very common uh, to have stressful life situations cause changes for us in the way we take care of ourselves and how mindful we are in how we take care of ourselves. So what I'm hearing is that you become a little unconscious about your eating. Even though at some level you know you're unconscious of your eating, you remain unconscious of your eating, and you're more likely to go ahead and, you know, have, the, have that little bit of chocolate cake or more than just a little bit maybe, I don't know. Um, but your commitment seems to have wavered. Definitely. What, what would have to happen for you to feel like you're getting some of that mojo back? Like what's one thing that would have to change maybe that would make you go, okay, now that that's done with, maybe I could really start taking some steps to get back on track? Um, what would have to change about um, like what life. I'm doing? Or, oh, yeah, um, in your life. Let's see. I mean, I, I guess, um, I, I mean, I know one of the things that really became really important to my weight loss journey, the first part, was I, I really fell in love with fitness. And I never thought I'd say that ever in my whole life because I hadn't run like a mile since, you know, junior high. Uh-huh. Um, but I I really started to, like, all love all different sports. And I know uh-huh. that I'm part, I know part of my, um, you know, challenge right now is um, – that I'm kind of bored with my fitness routine and, you know, I feel a little bit hamstrung because what my, uh, if I was in my old corporate life with my old corporate salary, I would, I would be signing up for kickboxing classes and I wouldn't be worried about the cost of those, for example. Mm-hmm. And, but I'm not do, like, I'm afraid I don't, I feel like I can't go do that uh, because uh, it would cost money and that's just not, something I feel like I should spend money on right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I, but I feel like getting um, a change in my uh, fitness routine, you know, was very motivating the first time, even though, you know, they say 80% of weight loss is, is the food you eat, not so much the exercise. But I don't, I'm okay with, I mean, I like the exercise. So that, that's mm-hmm. motivating for me to, to eat better usually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. So as you think about having a fitness instructor in your life or taking those classes and stuff, as you think about that as a potential um, way through this, how many sessions are you thinking that would take? How many sessions are you thinking you would need to to work with someone with to change your routine? Um. I mean, I don't know. I mean, probably um, if I did, like say I did kickboxing, which is what I really want to do, I would want to do it twice a week in addition to some of my other, um, I I usually go to the gym like five or six days a week anyway, which I Mm -hmm. pretty much have maintained through all this. (laughs) Um, But I would like to do the kickboxing like twice a week, and and, um, I would want to do that for like, Two to three months. Uh huh. Okay, so you would need ongoing classes for that because you're talking about something like kickboxing. Um, yeah. 
Because I mean, because here's what I'm wondering: what I've what I've known people to do when they want to change up their routines, you know, is they hire a trainer for you know two or three sessions just to kind of help them change up their routine, and then they're on their own again pretty quickly. I'm just wondering if you know how how workable a strategy that might that might be for you in your situation. Well, you know, as you're telling me that, I, what I what I think I need to do, and I have not wanted to do, is I have a trainer, and I've had her for like four years. And I love uh-huh. her, but I kind of think I need to break up with her so I can afford to do the kickboxing. <laughs> oh, I'm, okay. Yeah, you know, like I, like I've been, um, I've really felt, uh, you know, like I can't fire her, and I don't want to not, not not fire her for being a bad trainer. I just I, I, maybe it's just I have to do something else. Yeah, and I've been talking to her about you know oh I'm struggling and I've gained some weight back and um, I you know and she's sympathetic and and I love when we work together but I think I need something different than she's going to be able to deliver even if I said mm-hmm. teach me kickboxing. Yep. And I I, yeah. I feel like I kind of feel like she would understand. I know she would understand. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like she's made an enormous difference for you. She's like, you know, she's like a dear friend and family member, so you feel a sense of loyalty to her, um, you know. Uh, and so, of course, it's hard to, to fire her or to break up with her, right? Um, but it also sounds like you know that she, she would understand. I mean, because, you know, she's – I'm guessing that if she's, if she's worth her weight in gold, which it sounds like she is, then she comes from what's best for her client. Yeah. You know, and if that's what's best for you, you know, then then she'd probably then she'd probably support that. Um, how how viable of an option does that sound? That if you were to stop seeing her on a regular basis, channel that money into kickboxing classes, that that would be a really great solution for you. Well, I think it would be. Yeah, I mean, I think it might. Um, yeah, it, it, it may not be feasible forever because it's kind of like the place I want to go is kind of a little bit of a distance. But um, you know, part of my strategy with changing my career is so that I can have flexibility at you know normal human being times because when uh-huh. I was working, um, you know, with a required a big commute and everything, I mean, I was working out with my my system of of fitness at like 5:30 in the morning every day and I don't have to do that anymore cuz I don't I don't have mm-hmm. to go those distances. And so maybe I can do kickboxing even though it's a little further away from home. So mm, yeah, how long would it take you to get there? <clears throat> probably probably 15 minutes. Oh, well. <laughs> that's not bad. That's not but bad. my gym right yeah. now is 1 minute away. <laughs> <laughs> so it's an adjustment. <laughs> yeah. But you know, well, but, I'll my, tell you. but it would be worth it. You're 2,553 steps ahead of me on that because, uh, you know, as you know, as I've talked in my classes about my, my battle with uh, not enjoying the gym, my gym is right down a flight of stairs in my building, <laughs> <laughs> and I still don't go. <laughs> it's hard. You know, and so, yeah, it is. So, you're, you're, you know, like I said, you're a gazillion steps ahead of me there. Um, but what I really admire for you is your is your commitment and dedication that to drive 15 minutes, which, you know, seems quite a bit out of the way considering, you know, you're comparing it to a minute, but that you're willing to do that. And you sound really committed to uh, the idea 
of maintaining your weight loss. And it's really just about finding the steps to take that will work for you. Uh, your, your, your commitment to it, um, I mean, you're still going to the gym on a regular basis. It's not like, oh, gee, I got too busy with my work and I got stressed out and I stopped going to the gym and my whole routine went to hell. Like, I'm not hearing that. Uh, no. I'm hearing that you've really, you know, you've really stayed committed. Um, so, you know, those are the building blocks to success right there. Um, and, you know, who knows? It, the kickboxing doesn't work out for you. You could always go back to the trainer. Um, and also, you know, there's the possibility that as you feel better about yourself and your routine, that's also going to cause a change in other areas of your life, including your business and your income. Right. And then you'll be able to afford it even more easily. That's true. So, uh, yeah. So, so is that the bottom line for you here is having that conversation with your trainer? Well, I think it's, I think it's one of the, you know, I've been trying to um, employ different techniques to try to, you know, get the mojo back and, and, you know, like I started meditating and like doing guided meditations around, around weight loss and mm-hmm. visualization. And I have a vision board with my, Great. my weight from, you know, a year, a year and a few months ago. And, um, you know, and I, you know, I also know, like I, I get a, I get a little bit of fear around, um, I've, I have in the past, in my, you know, past, I have gotten um, close to goals that I've had for my weight and never quite got there, like within five mm. pounds. <laughs> and yeah. the same thing kind of happened this time as well. And, you know, I I tried to make not a big deal out of it because it's not the number, it's how you feel, and I get all that. But, you know, I, it's been in, very interesting. The more this lingers as a creeping thing some of the old feelings i have about my weight and my ability to manage weight it comes back and i really am so surprised that um and i don't and yet not surprised that um mm-hmm. how the like the old uh mindset comes back oh i can't do this and i'm just not right. going to be that and you know i saw this really you know this kind of old grandmothery person the other day, and I'm like, oh, I guess I'm going to be one of those overweight grandmothers. <laughs> I mean, I'm, my daughter's eight years old, and so far in the future, this idea. But I'm like, why do I have to be one of those overweight grandmothers? I don't, I don't. I I just have to like, you know, get back, uh, get back on track. So I think the mm-hmm. I, I've been toying with this kickboxing thing for months, and I really like what little exposure I've had to it, so it would be a disservice to myself not to try. Mm-hmm. So what's your first step? Well, I think my first step is I have to call. I have to – I kind of know the place I want to go. I just have to get the details around it. Um, and I And then I really have to call the trainer and just kind of have a talk with her. And I, I feel, like, sad about it. I feel, like, sad even thinking about it. But, um, but I think she'll, un- I think she'll understand. Yeah. I know Tell she'll understand. Tell me more about the sadness. Um, you know, I feel, mm-hmm. um, it was, I was, I was so proud of myself to have gotten as far as I did. <laughs> and she, she's been like the only person out of, um, Who's who? Um, 
you know, kind of followed me the whole way because I, I mean, I had two other trainers. <laughs> you know, they they came mm-hmm. and went. You know, and she and I had two trainers at the same time. She was one of them, and and I had, um, you know, she's been like she's like the last person, you know, from that that journey, um, particularly around mm-hmm. fitness. That um, it's I don't know it's it's it sort of feels like ending, but it um, I don't know. I mean, I don't think yeah, it's she's bad. Been a really, she's been a significant yeah. influence in your life. Um, yeah. And you've shared a really personal journey with her. Um, and, you know, it's an intimate relationship. Yeah. You know, it's an intimate relationship. And uh, so it makes sense. It's an ending. It's an ending of an important relationship. And, uh, you know, it's normal for those kinds of endings to be uh, to be met with some sadness. You know, it's... Uh, it's uh, what we call in coaching, you know, as you know, it, it's a toss-in, right? You know, there's four phases to the cycle of change we go through in our lives. So uh, just for the benefit of my listeners, I'll review that quickly. Um, you know, we talk about this in uh, the IPEC coaching model where I teach that there's shuffle, deal, playing the hand, and toss-in. And, you know, shuffle is something has ended and now we're kind of beginning to figure out what's next. We're licking our wounds. Um, then we go into dealing where we've gone, okay, let me just take a little step here, a little step there, kind of see what happens and begin getting out there in the game. Then there's playing the hand, which is like, wow, okay, if things are going great um, and, uh, you know, moving forward, living life, it's, you know, I hope this never ends. And then there's the toss-in, which is the end. Something changes. Something happens. We lose a job. There's a death. We get a promotion. I mean, it could be a positive, you know, chosen thing as well that causes the need to end something. Um, And so part of that toss-in is, you know, there's an ending to something that was comfortable and working. And so the feelings of sadness, the feelings of, oh, I really don't, part of me doesn't want to do this even though I know I have to, you know, are really, really normal. Uh, And that's where it sounds like you are. Yeah. You know. Yeah, that makes sense. And yeah, how can you how can you uh, have that conversation with her and terminate that relationship in a way that really honors and communicates to her what your relationship with her has meant to you and continues to mean to you? Well, I think I mean I think I have to talk to her, um, you know, uh, and and. Um, I think if I don't, I actually think I could not do it face to face because uh, it'll be it'll be too hard. But mm-hmm. I, you know, I think for me to 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 talk to her on the phone outside of the uh, training environment, you know, so that it's so a we both have you know the ability to really to focus on it, and I probably will. You know, I would I would want to you know write her a letter or something to you know captures probably what I won't even be able to say. Yeah. 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 You know, that those all sound like really good ideas, and I'm just thinking of, you know, <laughs> just just get Paula from FreshBooks to send her 22 long-stem roses from, <laughs> from 1-800-Flowers. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah. something. Uh, yeah, anything that you can do that really says, here's how, here's how valuable you are to me, and you know, it's interesting. There's a phrase that I learned in a workshop that I was uh, a participant in many, many years ago 
that helped us feel complete with things that were incomplete. And the tool was introduced to us as a way of if we were in a paired exercise with a partner and then they called time and we, and we felt like, oh, my God, we were just getting to the good stuff and the sharing, you know, in order to feel complete, you would just turn to your partner and you'd say, and there's more. Uh, and yeah. that would really kind of free you up to then turn back to class and continue on knowing that you've acknowledged with your partner that there's still more to say. And maybe we'll get to it later even, right? Yeah. And that became a really valuable tool for so many different things in life that when you feel like, I, I, I'm not sure I'm ready for this to end, but i got to go, to be able to just acknowledge it with a really nice heartfelt, and there's more. And I don't have to know where, when, and how that's going to show up, but there's more. And that might, and I find that for me, that sometimes frees up a little bit more energy uh, for me to move on from something a little more comfortably that's hard for me to move on from. Yeah, that's nice. I wrote that down. Uh, cool. So um, what's the biggest insight that you've gotten from this conversation? Well, I mean, I think it's um, that I have to <coughs> I have to um, you know that 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 I'm you know I know what I have to do to I know what I have to try to see if I can reignite this you know this um, commitment that I have to my you know recommit to myself to live the way I want to live and I it's it's like been sitting on my shoulder and I I've been trying I've been I just haven't been wanting to act on it maybe because of this other change that I mm-hmm. need to make with the trainer um and even as I think about that I think part of part of the um not wanting to think about that or do anything about the the trainer has is probably a little bit connected to I've had so many changes to the communities that I'm connected to because my job has changed. Mm-hmm. And, I, um, and I, I know, you know, I work in a much more isolated capacity away from people, and I know that I need to be around people more. So I think I'm a little bit of, you know, oh, this is another thing that won't be there the same as it was before. Um, but I think I think by talking about this, I also, you know, I'm – reminded that it's kind of up to me to to create some new um, communities and kickboxing as a class. It's not a, you know, that's the way I would, that's the kind of thing I want to be doing. And mm-hmm. and with that's new people and that's a new community and I probably would really benefit from that um, yeah. Yeah. as well. Yeah, you know, when we keep energy tied up in things that no longer work best for us, then it's not that it's not working for you. It's just that there's something now, there's another opportunity that you're, it feels like your gut is telling you would work better for you, right? So when we keep the energy tied up in the old thing, we don't have it to put into the new thing. Um, And, you know, and in this case, the financial aspect of that is is a metaphor for that. You know, it's like, yeah, if I, you know, if I keep spending the money here, well, then I don't have it to spend there. Well, that's the same for your, for your energy and your passion, right? It's like if it's tied up in the old connections and the old relationships, right, it's, it's helpful to free that up 
and mm-hmm. have it available to forge those new relationships um, and those new connections and those new communities. And I feel like that's probably, you know, what's likely to happen when you make this move, if you decide that's what you're going to do, that when you make that move, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a, an energy shift um, yeah. that's just going to cause other things to happen that you probably aren't even thinking are connected, um, you know, at this point. Um, and uh, if I could just share for a second, an example of that is, you know, I, I hired a professional organizer to come and help redesign uh, a closet space uh, in my apartment that I've been putting up with for 12 years that just wasn't working for me. Every morning, it was just like a hassle. Every time I did the laundry, it was like, I've got to do something with this. I've got to do something with this. 12 years, I put up with it. Finally, a wonderful woman, she came over and she redesigned all this and we installed this whole new system from the container store. It's such a pleasure and it has released such energy that I want to reconfigure and will reconfigure my entire apartment. I want to buy a new sofa. I want to redesign the apartment. Yeah. I wasn't ever okay. planning on yeah. redesigning the apartment, right? But just that one letting go of that thing that wasn't working, now there's all this extra energy, and it just makes me want to use it in, in other similar ways. So, you know, I know that that's how it works. When we release ourselves from something that isn't working or that is holding us back from doing something that could work better, um, a whole bunch of things shift that are unexpected. Mm. So, Yeah, no, that's, that's a great story. Thank you for sharing that. Um, certainly, certainly. So keep me posted. Um, I will. I on what you decide will. to do, I'd love to hear the outcome. And uh, and thanks for calling into the show tonight, Stacey. It's good to hear well, from you. Thank good you to chat for having you. me. Oh, certainly, certainly. And we'll talk soon. Okay. Bye bye. Okay. Good night. So yeah, freeing up energy and getting out of our own way. You know, and it's so funny how sometimes the thing that we need to do is really right in front of our eyes and we don't see it and just somebody asking a couple of questions and and we get to see it. So uh, very cool. So let me just tell you all about my next show on April 17th before we wrap up the evening and then I'll tell you uh, what you can expect on some of our other upcoming shows here uh, on the Life Coach Radio Network over the next few days. So my next show is two weeks from tonight. Join me as I interview Chelsea Hudson, who was a woman who changed her life and went from being an out-of-shape couch potato suffering from depression to climbing Mount Kilimanjaro to its summit just last month. Uh, and it, it basically that was a one-year process from the couch to the mountaintop. Uh, and she just completed the climb last month with a group of women in order to raise awareness uh, of sexual violence that's suffered by women in countries that are facing the conflict of war. So it's Chelsea Hudson, um, amazing, amazing woman with an amazing story to tell. And she'll, tell, uh, she'll also share with us uh, the organization that sponsored that climb, uh, which is called One Million Thumbprints. So I'm very, very excited to chat with her, and I think uh, you'll be really excited to listen to her. Uh, you can sign up to receive announcements about my show by joining my email list at markmywordsradio.com, and just click on the Home button, and then click on the Subscribe to my free newsletter button above my photo. Um, and then you'll always receive email announcements about uh, upcoming episodes. Uh, you can also set up an auto-reminder at blogtalkradio.com slash lifecoachradionetwork. Just scroll to the next episode of Mark My Words and click the blue reminder button so that you won't miss it. 
Uh, we also have these great programs coming up on the Life Coach Radio Network's three sister stations, uh, hosted by my awesome colleagues here at Life Coach Radio Network's team of talented and dedicated coaches. My whole team is dedicated to making your life just a little bit more of what you want it to be. So on April 6th at 12 noon, um, here on the Life Coach Radio Network, in-depth with Jan Jaffe. Um, and she's going to interview pop singer and songwriter Jan Close. Uh, she'll interview Jan Close, uh, whose most recent solo album, Mosaic, entered the Roots, I'm sorry, entered the Roots Rock Charts at number 22 and won three 2014 Independent Music Awards. Uh, the record has also made the first round of the 2004 Grammys in the categories of Pop Vocal Album and Album of the Year. So that's on the 6th at 12 noon, and also on Wednesday the 6th at 2 p.m. on our sister station, the Life Coach Chat Channel, How to Move from Fear to Greatness, an interview with author Isabella Lundberg. Lundberg is a leading authority on executive leadership transformation. She's a consultant, mentor, facilitator, and speaker. She works with business leaders and executives as well as professional coaches and athletes. So she'll have a lot of pretty cool things to say as well. And again, my next show, Sunday, April 17th at 9 p.m. here on the Life Coach Radio Network. And you can locate our other networks by going to lifecoachradionetworks.com and you'll click on the links to our other stations. Well, that about wraps it up for tonight, as I invite you to mark your words if you'd like. If you have feedback about the show, just go to markmywordsradio.com and scroll down to the feedback link. If you'd like to follow the Life Coach Radio Network on Blog Talk Radio, just visit us at www.blogtalkradio.com slash lifecoachradionetwork, and then click on the follow button. Also, visit our website at www.lifecoachradionetworks.com and learn about all of our networks. I hope you enjoyed the past hour and that you found it engaging, enlightening, and stimulating. You can listen to Mark My Words live on the first and third Sundays of every month at 9 p.m. Eastern Time, as well as listen to any previous show from my archives at markmywordsradio.com and on iTunes by searching Mark My Words. I look forward to speaking with you all again next time. Thank you for listening to Mark My Words. I'm Mark, and those are my words. Good night.